Got a good little beat on the side. Yeah, you can just roll it. Yeah. Go for it. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the TTG podcast. This is your favorite co-pilot, Savannah, SVC, Savannah Banana, not in the kitchen, in the studio. (laughs) Uh, We are missing a voice right now, but we do have one sitting across from me. Matt, Hi. Sousa, I don't do the Sousa. You may notice if you're watching this that JTM is still out of the studio and also out of the kitchen. You can find him in Thailand right now, looking like he's having the best time ever. The food's fantastic. The beaches look great. He's sending lots of nudes. Lots of nudes. He's seeing <laughs> all the nudes. Which for those guys listening is just pictures of noodles. Noodles. <laughs> So while Jeremy is out, Matt and I are just hitting this episode kind of solo. No ep- no person to interview at this point in time. Wow, we wow, asked wow. Rory. He said no. He's really busy barking it up in the back. <laughs> he so barked it up. He barked it up. He was He's having a really great day today. We're happy to have you guys back here. Jeremy will be back in the studio soon and we will get some more interviews going soon. But for now, this Friday, it's you and I. How are you feeling today? Freaking awesome. I just did a bunch of video ad reads for the gym. Which are obviously really fun. Which was just an hour and a half of me saying the same lines over again and trying not to go into a death spiral as like I keep screwing it up and then like and then it's funny and I mean you've been around when I've filmed a couple of these things and if any of you guys want some random energetic humor go to my Instagram and you could see a few that we've done in the past and Savannah's been there for a big chunk of them and it's just funny because sometimes I'll get it and then we'll be like, okay, that was good. Let's do it again. And then I'll insert this random phrase that just comes out of nowhere and completely derails everything I say. And then from that point forward, I just start like spiraling into the fact that I can't remember any of the lines. What anymore. is that? What is like the thing? There's got to be an explanation for what that is of like when you're speaking and then all of a sudden you either go blank or you add something new and then you suddenly just like cannot do it. It's like a complete like block to your brain. But have you ever seen like the video of the woman? It's her and her husband and they're trying to film this ad for like these like biscuits and it's buttery flaky biscuits. And she she keeps fucking it up yeah. and it's just like the outtakes and it's so funny because she's getting like they're both getting flustered, but it's just comically one of the best things to watch yeah it's pretty we were hoping because we're building these this first ad actually and i'll let you guys know and know about the program it's called fit during fall so we're going to test accountability program at the gym where what you do is you for six weeks once you sign up for it we do it in body scan so your body weight body fat percentage muscle mass cool after we do that you get paired with a coach. It'll either be myself or Grace. I think Albert will do it. I'm not sure yet, but either myself or Grace. And then at the beginning of each week, we'll essentially check in with you and set goals for six weeks. Mm. So that way, like you're kind of tethered to somebody that's holding your hand. Um, Grace has a bunch of PDFs that she's either recycling from the challenge or creating that are new that are going to be kind of the nutrition guidance piece of it. And so basically, if you're looking to get started or you just want a little extra accountability and you already belong to the gym during the holiday season, you'll be able to sign up for it. And um, we'll kind of uh, coach you and help you out with it for six weeks. So it's kind of like personal training. It is. Yeah. Except for you're still going to do everything with the class, but you're going to basically like check in like with us and um, each week. And we're going to say, okay, where are you at? How's your eating going? What do you need help with? What are your choke points? Like, is dinner hard? Okay. Can we supply you with a handful of dinner recipes or different things like that? Which is like super valuable from somebody who's just like done personal training before, done the nutrition challenge before, and then done the personal nutrition coaching with Grace. That stuff's really fucking valuable. Like you learn a lot from it. Yeah, and it's it's tailored around you, but then also, too, it's just the fact that you know you have to respond to somebody. Yeah. Right? Because, like, we... My, again, like, that thing about, like, just having... For me, I'm completely okay with letting myself down. I will do it all day, every day. That's right. But when it comes to somebody else, I fucking cannot do it. Like, the idea of letting somebody else down, just, like, it's the best motivator for me. Oh, it's and it's so... Which f- makes me really upset when somebody... When we're supposed to be partners and somebody lets me down. Oh, yeah. Ultimately pissed. That's true. Well, I mean, you're putting up your end, right? So you expect that the other person that you're with is going to follow through. But it is crazy how much that, like, 
there's a certain piece of just having somebody there that you have to be accountable to other than yourself. Cause you already said it like yeah. so much of what we do, like we're like, uh, and I'm hugely guilty of this. So this is an actual real world example. I'll be like, I got all this energy late at night. I'm like, I got this, I got this laid out. I'm going to do this in the morning. I'm going to get up about 10 minutes earlier and do X, Y, Z. As soon as that alarm hits off, you're like, nah, Fuck no. screw that. <laughs> like I'm not doing any of that. Right. And so you're, we're constantly like lying to ourselves and letting ourselves down. But if I told Savannah, like, Hey, we're going to do this and we're going to meet at the gym early, like an extra Ooh. 20 minutes early. Now we're both going to be there. Even though we both might wake up with the same feeling of like, F this, why did I sign up for it? You're still going to show up yeah. because you know, the other person is showing up there yeah. for you too. I think that's one of the beauty things that Grace did with the nutrition challenge too, that I really liked is that your accountability, cause it can't just be like, Hey, well, then Matt and I like both don't want to go. So we're like, Hey, do you not want to do that? And be like, yeah. So then you, neither of you guys do it. That's right. What's nice about the nutrition challenge is that it's not tiered like that. So whoever, I'm accountable for another a different person is accountable for me so like if it were you me and Jeremy like we couldn't all just be like yep, fuck yep. this I'm not gonna do it because somebody else who like That's is completely right. innocent will get screwed over yep. and there'll always be somebody within that group of like three four or five that's gonna be like no wait I want to do this and you're like oh great you're motivated this week all right I guess we're still gonna stick on yeah. track right yeah um and so that helps a lot but yeah, so that's what I was just down there shooting with. Um, we're going to, we, we got ourselves a mentor. So speaking about accountability coach, mm-hmm. we got ourselves a mentor that is really well versed in paid advertisement through Facebook, Instagram, cool. LinkedIn, both bunch of social media platforms. So we've already hired and paid out for a bunch of hours and we're going to take these content. Um, that'll be 15, 30 second, 45 second long little clips. I'm sure some of the people listening to this will have seen them by now or mm-hmm. we'll, we'll start to see them. And we're going to basically like learn uh, with that six week accountability challenge offer what that does on a paid ad, how we process those, how we onboard those new leads, because hopefully if we find some success with that. We're going to take everything we learned of that and apply it directly to the challenge. Mm-hmm. Our goal this year is to get 100 people in that nutrition challenge. Um, I actually don't even know if that's Grace's goal. That's just what I've been telling everybody. <laughs> Which, like, I feel like, I mean, what, I, we've had like 70 people at one time. We've and had still 70, feeling like 73. There could be more. So 73, yeah. I think, people was like the maximum that we've had. Um, I really at feel the like 100 people is super doable. Yeah. And I really want to involve people that. I mean, the alumni portion of everybody rejoining at the cha- uh, within the gym is awesome. Like, I love that. But I would love to have like 20 people who are brand new to the gym altogether, yeah. too, that are yeah. really looking to um, get into it because they need to make that lifestyle change. If they really I want to think what's interesting, too, is when you add completely like freshmen, if you will, if you want to like add them into the mix. What's really interesting about that is there's a whole different perspective that comes with brand new people when mm-hmm. they do something like this. So it is really cool that there's a lot of us who continue to do it each year. Yep. But I feel like almost every year there's been somebody who's completely new to it and kind of brings something to the table that ends up being like a permanent fixture in the program for like the next year. Yeah. So that's what's kind yep. of neat about it, yep. too. That I think oftentimes... And this can just, I mean, you could apply this to so many different things in life of like just having that like um, diversity of perspective and an experience like makes a difference in a lot of things because when you have so many people, they can see stuff that you have a blind spot to that you don't ever realize. So that's what's really nice about always adding a new like set of people in. Yeah. And you've seen it like you've done the challenge a lot of years now. So you see like some people be really into it, maybe for a year or two, they don't come back. Then that third year, they're like, okay, I need it again. I need to mm-hmm. get back on track. So you have that kind of uh, cycling of people that will pretty much do it every year, people that do it kind of every other year. And then, like you said, brand new people that are to it. So it's always fun to get yeah. different experiences and stuff involved. I love it. Um, I look forward to it, which is one of those mental things that like, I don't know, it's almost like a... It's something I look forward to definitely, but it's almost like this like safety net that I have of like, to me, it almost feels like how insurance is supposed to feel. Right. Like (laughs) it guides you right back. It kind of like nudges you back to where you want to be like health wise and habit wise. If I'm feeling like I'm really, really falling off the deep end instead of like spiraling out of control and kind of giving it all up. I'm like, just like maintain, just maintain. And then like in January, you know, it's all going to be okay again because like I get right back on it and it's, it gets easier every year too. Yeah. And because the time away from it becomes like less and less. Right. So like you're following a lot of the stuff and then maybe 
maybe it falls off a little bit, then you kind of get back to it, then you kind of get back to it. Then, like you said, in January, you're like, okay, boom, I'm back to being strict and like back to following everything. Which we'll probably Um, circle back to this conversation too once we start talking about goals and stuff. But um, yeah, real quick, before we get into that, I want to ask you something because I was actually just thinking about this when you had said like, what is that when something enters your brain and you're like talking, whether it be in front of a camera or a crowd and all of a sudden we kind of like float off. (laughs) Would you, did you, were you always like good and comfortable with public speaking. I guess I should say, and you are, which is something I kind of took for granted from you. Like I never really sat down and was like, oh, Savannah's really good in front of a group of people and like is comfortable up there. But I was just thinking about it when you said that. I really don't know why. And I didn't realize that it was a gift until I think a friend of like a, like a friend, sister, aunt of mine, um, she was used to think it was really funny because she knew me when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. She was like, oh, you have the gift of gab. And I never really understood what that was. And again, this is, the gift of gab is mostly I could just kind of talk to anybody about anything. Like I don't feel any type of weird social anything about it. Um, yeah, and really then same that. thing about, I don't know, just speaking in public, like I always have. And it's something that I just don't think about. It's something that's always come naturally to me. Now, it doesn't mean that I always articulate myself in the best way possible. But as far as like yep. comfort, I've always just felt comfortable about it. And then I like I did cheer too and I did like theater, but I think I probably did those things because I was comfortable. You already were. I don't mind. And I and I don't know what that is. I think that's something that I'm honestly just born with because it's something that Nikoa's kind of learned and he said that he's learned that from me. I think when you're around somebody who's super comfortable, you get really comfortable. Mm-hmm. But um like my childhood best friend, she has just she was always just super shy and she's not anymore. But like I remember being a really little kid and going up to the food stand at the football game or whatever and like having to speak for my friend because she was so nervous like talking to anybody about Mm -hmm. anything Mm -hmm. so like I was always like a little mouthpiece for her I don't know it's something I just don't think about yeah you're just naturally comfortable with it what's the um for lack of better terms like most highest stake public speaking thing you've done um like whether it be in a classroom or like um highest stake I don't, uh, and I think this is why teachers like me is that I always participate in like class conversation because like to me, it just like really means nothing. Um, Again, I've done theater, but that didn't really feel high. I think the highest stake is when you have to present as yourself. Mm. Um, And I did, I did like some debates and I did some like public speaking in high school, but probably the biggest high stakes was um, in my town, there's like a local pageant that like, if you grow up there, it's kind of like this really big mm. like rite of passage thing for okay. a lot of the women okay. now we're talking so i as i like dreamed about since i was like a little girl like i you would go to the fiesta every year and you like watch like it's like one of the big things is watching miss patterson or miss apricot the name has changed so in my junior year moving on to my senior year i was part of the pageant and so like i would say the highest stakes things was speaking there like then yeah because you're literally around everybody who knows you since you were a fucking kid and you're in like a really nice dress and it's like i can't explain more than the fact it's the entire town is there because <laughs> it's like out in the open in the circle yeah. um so that probably and i ended i i won i the 2010 miss patterson that's a googleable fact that's you can find savage. me there which is funny because like i only knew that about you i think because your mom had said something in a class or something like that or might have even like showed a picture and i was like nicola thinks what? it's really funny to like show pictures and tell people about that it's it's i'm jealous of it because you know when you go to like whatever you do like some sort of new class or like a cooking class or they have this icebreaker and like they come up with this like say one interesting fact about you and everybody's like i don't have shit you know like i you never definitely say that. have one what you i never say, say i don't know why like talking about it right now it's so funny because uh, i don't get nervous about things i don't know why it's something that i'm kind of like i guess sheepish about i yeah. think i didn't i wasn't sheepish about it until i like moved away from my town okay. because in my town people like know exactly what it is because when i started telling people who weren't from t- they're like oh so you're like a pageant girl you did pageants so i was like i did one pageant mm-hmm. i was like and it's like a local mm-hmm. pa- it's not like this miss usa like so it's hard to explain to people exactly what it is and the best way i could describe it is it's kind of like just this like wholesome rite of passage thing that you do in my town um but I, I, That's still cool I don't I mean, ever, I can't say I was I Mr. Anything <laughs> ever. So the fact that you get it. <laughs> well, you know who else now, when she found out, I think Nicoa told Nicole 
at the gym. And so Nicole thinks that's a really fun fact. And she like, I think she screenshot a picture of me. She just has it on her phone and she'll randomly bring it up it. to people. Did you guys know that Savannah was? She specifically will do it if I'm like around to because she thinks it's funny to like embarrass you with it a little yeah, bit. Cause it yeah, because it does. Because like, who, like, you know what it reminds me of if I like talk about it a whole bunch? It reminds mm. me of like those like guys that never like grow up and talk about like when I was in high school. Remember that catch I, I was, made? Like, yes, back that's in, back what in makes 04. Me think about. It was savage. It's just so sad and pathetic. So I never want to be that person. Yeah. So I think that's why I don't talk about okay, it. Okay, I can see that. But you're not really doing like a glory day, like trying to like relive it. Like, oh, check it out, guys. I still fit my old jersey. Like, you're not like, you know, showing <laughs> up to the gym. I walking around with my crown. Where you earned it. It's pretty sick. Well, it's, I um, unfortunately missed your guys' last episode with uh, Brandon Card- Cardwell. Mm-hmm. Did I say his last name? Mm-hmm. Which I was super bummed about because in my frantic a bunch of stuff going on lifestyle. I was like pumped to be there. And then all of a sudden I was leaving on Thursday to go to officiate a wedding. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, I'm not going to be there. What is happening? And I was so bummed because, um, that was, I really wanted to chat with him. I've never met him before. So yeah. it would have been cool to, I have a chat. feeling we'll probably have him back. But speaking of like high stakes, public speaking, you officiated a wedding. Oh, I mean, goodness. I feel like it doesn't get more high stakes than that. I cannot tell you the weight that was lifted off my chest when that thing was over. <laughs> And like, I mean that in like the best way. Like I, I absolutely like was thrilled at the opportunity and like honored that like, you know, the bride and the groom wanted me to be a part of that yeah. and, you know, thought highly enough of me that I would do a good job at it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. I would say probably about nine, 10 days out, close to about two weeks, a week and a half out from the wedding. Every time I woke up in the middle of the night, the first thing that hit my mind oh, was like, God. the wedding's coming. And it was like this internal countdown, like five days. Well, cause like, you don't want to fuck that up either. This is somebody's oh, special day. <laughs> right. And like, they had, they're really cool. And I had been obviously friends with, uh, Ashley and Casey for a really long time. Yeah. And so you know, I met with them together where I met with each of them separately mm-hmm. and kind of like developed some of the material and the content for it. And then, uh, I was still just terrified. Like even when we showed up at the rehearsal, like I couldn't hide the nervousness. Like usually I could do a pretty good job. Yeah. And if you know me, like, if like you, fake it till you make it. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know me well enough to where you'd be like, Oh, Matt's a little nervous right mm-hmm. here. But just like a random meeting me or somebody that I'm not around a lot, they probably didn't notice it as much, yeah. but it was funny because we walked down there and I noticed how nervous Casey was, the groom, as we're like getting everybody situated and going through this rehearsal, right? And um, I was super nervous because I had the speech probably 80% of the way done or the officiant speech. Mm -hmm. I did not have the formal stuff done because in my mind, I was like, it's already written out. I just basically copy paste this over that I'm supposed to say, right? You're Mm -hmm. supposed to say it. And the um, day of coordinator that was like there, the wedding planning person was like, okay, Matt, so just read us a few lines from this and this. And I, I like had, I didn't have it printed out. I didn't have my phone and I was like, oh, oh gosh. God. So I felt like I was super unprepared for the rehearsal, which then like made me feel like Ashley and Casey's confidence got shaken. Oh, no. um, but it totally didn't because the one thing you have to remember is like they all cared about like how nervous they all had their own shit yeah, going on. So yeah. nobody was really paying attention to like yeah. what I had prepared or not. But I will say it went off great. Good. I was super happy with it. I got tons of like compliments afterwards. Like I was actually surprised at how many people like made an effort to like come over and like talk to me. Most of them were pretty surprised. It was, they were surprised that it was my first wedding, which I thought was interesting. I could see that you're, I mean, you're somebody that I think is also pretty natural at public speaking, which like, have you always been? Um, yeah, it's same with you. Like I can't, couldn't quite put my finger on like when it was, but Mm -hmm. almost the same story I could tell. Like I was the friend that was a little bit more comfortable, like ringing the doorbell and talking to the person. Like, you know, when you'd be like five of us together in a summer and we need to make a couple extra bucks so we could get over to some skate park. And it's like, let's go wash cars. Matt will go up and ring the doorbell and talk to him, you know? And so, um, yeah, but that was the most high stakes thing and the most nerve wracking thing. But, But that would make me really nervous. I it's so nice to have a friend like officiate like a wedding like yeah you had a friend officiate your wedding yeah we had a friend officiate like our wedding it, it like it's a it's a more personal touch so it's one of those things I think when you ask somebody like you don't realize the pressure that you're like putting on them oh my goodness until you have to like officiate somebody's wedding yeah I actually apologized to Brad who did mine and Grace's wedding I went to and I was like hey he's like yeah I was he like first off job. thank you again for officiating and also sorry for the torture I put you through and he's like I'm just glad you get to experience it too (laughs) like that's true because chances are that doesn't reciprocate right like not often do people get asked to officiate weddings 
Brad did a um, great did job good. at your guys' wedding. Yeah, he did awesome. Brad Kurtz is also really good at public speaking, and I think he's he's somebody that we've had on the podcast. Um, yeah, and Brad is an Brad Roots is another person who like naturally has like the gift of gab and can really talk. And when he does any type of public anything, he does a great job. He did our mutual friend Sam's wedding and like fucking killed it. Like was so good. Yeah, it was interesting because I had never seen. Um, Brad Kurtz like publicly speak before like mm-hmm. I saw him on the podcast when you guys had him on he did some wine tasting and since I know him I'm like oh it sounds like normal Brad but then when he started coaching at the gym and he was in front of the crowd there was like zero lag time from the time he was yeah. like up there and he was comfortable he literally yeah. was just like comfortable and like went into it do you ever try and put yourself into like somebody else and I was trying to do this today of like I keep trying to like empathize with people a little bit more in the sense of like um, the difference between things that come naturally to me and things that don't come naturally to them and so there's somebody that is part of like my mentor group um, at work and she's she says like she like she could talk to somebody one on one, but she's like painfully shy. She's trying to work on it. And you definitely have to get to know her before she comes out of her shell. But, um, you know, everybody kind of has to speak up at work and you give your opinions and your experiences to like move the agenda forward. And every time she like they'll be like, do you have anything to say, April? And she goes. No. <laughs> Just <laughs> like, like shuts oh. down. Yeah. And I and I trying to I'm trying to really understand that it's not natural to everybody but more importantly like i want to like i don't know why but i desperately want to understand like the thought process and the feeling that she's like actually going through like Mm. in that moment Mm -hmm. um which like i never will i can't ever get into like her mind she would have to express that to me but it's for me it's more than just like oh understanding that she can't i just like want to know what that feeling is because i've I've never experienced that feeling. Yeah. I mean, I I really haven't that much either. Like, I'm comfortable just jumping up in front of something. But I would imagine that, you know, what I noticed in myself leading up to the wedding is I just kept swirling around the thought of screwing up. Mm. And, like, I could never actually, like, take myself to the start to end. And, like, you have public spoken a lot. Like, I have, too. Like, mm-hmm. we both screw up all the time in front of people. Yeah. And, like, you just roll with just it. Like, it's on. not yeah. a big deal. But having had that really high stakes like speech coming up like I kept swirling around and I couldn't actually like break myself free to be like dude if you screw something up just like laugh about it and keep rolling because nobody's there to throw tomatoes at you right like they're not like and so I think what might possibly be going on in somebody like that's head is that they're swirling around that thought of like screwing up being kind of laughed at or feeling embarrassed yeah and thinking that people are gonna like are waiting for that moment so they could throw tomatoes at them on Mm -hmm. up on the stage and like most people are not yeah no I think you're right I think what's interesting too is a lot of times when people ask me about oh like you're just comfortable I in the moment I just I think what it is I'm not really self-aware in the moment I just like say whatever is like on my mind um but if I say something wrong I will try and go to bed that night and then it will keep me up at <laughs> night and I'll be like hey remember that one time you fucking said that thing you fucking dumbass <laughs> uh, we also share that same experience as well I don't have it in the moment but I get it after the after fact after the fact yeah totally me too and then I'll, I'll dwell on that for years by the yep. way too it'll oh, be something I so stupid I still think about yeah. like the dumbest things that yeah. happen years ago and I just cannot let it go it's so funny my buddy uh, Nick you met him at, at the wedding lives down in LA he posted oh. this like meme um a while back that just resonated so well and was right along the same lines of what you said he's like i feel like my memory sucks until i go to lay down at bed at night and i realize that one embarrassing thing i did in the sixth grade perfectly and it's like that's so true if you ever want to jog your memory like you're just gonna cycle through all the most embarrassing like i think they call that trauma (laughs) yeah yeah hopefully it's just embarrassing yeah those are intrusive thoughts but that is really funny i think that's the trade-off you either you're either too shy to like speak up so you don't or you're not and you speak up and then you think about the dumb things you've said years later yeah and then it allows you to be frozen in time and just soak in your embarrassment (laughs) really reliving the glory days but yeah and i think too if you are somebody that's listening to this that does feel like you're somebody who's more shy and things i guarantee you you could search your memory bank right now and you could go through it and pick out probably four or five like key things and when you're like damn i wish i spoke up like Mm. or an opportunity that maybe you just kind of like let those intruding thoughts start to swirl and you like passed on it even though you really wanted to do it and you just had to step just outside of that comfort zone to make it happen but you passed up on it and so i try to think about it in terms of that like you were saying like in retrospect because you're going to be 
more upset about the little bits that you like let that you go didn't say yeah, yeah. Then, and so like try to find a way to put yourself out there one of the things that i learned uh i think it was like tim ferris if he was popular do you know who tim ferris is no yeah scratch that from the record no, i'm just kidding <laughs> a couple people you're gonna think about this at 3 a.m but yeah <laughs> like that tim ferris reference <laughs> um but he had a great line in his book with like dealing with uh i think it was something with sales and it was like dealing with that uncomfortable moment um, and so he would go to like Starbucks or this place where, you know, you're not going to get a discount mm-hmm. and they would ring him up and be like, you know, it's three twenty five, And then he'd be like, Oh, can I get the Matt Sousa 10% discount? And then just stand there and like, let it <laughs> like, just them. let yeah. for the uncomfort to happen. Cause you know, they're going to say no, or maybe they're not, maybe you're going to end up with 10% off. Cause they're like, I feel awkward. So I'm just going to give it to you. And chances are, they're going to say no. And then when they say no, you're like, okay, cool. Thank you. You just like move on with yeah. it. And all the, like, you're doing attitude. Yeah. And you're just putting yourself purposefully in these like uncomfortable kind of situations with a stranger stranger during conversation. Yeah. And it's like anything else. It's a muscle. So once you do it and it's under your control in a situation like that, when something comes up that may not be may not be under your control or maybe a more higher stakes environment, you're able to like be comfortable in yeah. the uncomfortability with the conversation or the silence. Or whatever it's it more palatable at like that point in time. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I and I've, I've done sales for like a long time. And I think that's like always a thing is that you have to just like be okay with things being awkward and uncomfortable. Yep. And even like the, one of the strongest like negotiation skills from one of the books that we read is like yep. being silent That it's and like powerful. waiting. Yeah. Waiting for like the thing to be said. I think another thing too is like, I imagine that a lot of people don't speak up because they don't want to say something that like sounds stupid because they don't want to like be judged. Mm. And the big thing is, is like, we are so into ourselves that like, we just don't even really think or remember about what somebody else says. I think the only time I really remember when somebody else says something is if it was really insightful and like provided something or if it was like incredibly stupid and offensive. And I don't Mm -hmm. mean like stupid as like intelligent. I just mean like, you know, like somebody was just being absolutely fucking rude. Yeah. But like outside of that, I don't remember. Like, right. And I think we have to keep that in mind when we do things of like, put yourself out there because you are the person who's going to think about it more. And anybody else in that situation, if you ask them about it in a couple months, they literally will not know what you're talking about. Won't yeah. remember. They don't think about it. We just, totally. we don't think about other people that often. No, we really don't. That's, that's actually a really great point because like, as we search back and lay in bed and remember what we did embarrassing in the sixth grade, Nobody guarantee you there is not one other person that Nobody remembers that. And that. even if they did, like they would laugh and be like, Oh yeah. Then they would go on about their day. Cause they all got our yeah. own problems and our yeah. own shit going on. Um, but yeah, so that's definitely something to, uh, to, to Chew keep on in that mind. one guys. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know what you think. Get yourself out there. Go to story coffee and ask for 10% off. <laughs> see, what, see what happens. Actually, you don't even have to ask for 10% off. If you sign up to be one of their, if you sign up onto their subscription base, after you check out, you get an automatic 10% discount email to you. Oh, well, yeah. look at that. Now you don't have to have an uncomfortable conversation, but yeah, that does bring me to serviceware. You guys know we have a sponsor. We have a partner in the space. Yes, we do. Serviceware. Go to them now. They take care of all your Apple products as long as they're under Apple Care because they are. Even if they're not under Apple Care. So that's a great thing about them. Even it, if they're not. Even it, if they're not. What was the actual line that he like likes us to use? Like the Apple. So they're an Apple authorized service provider. Apple authorized service provider. Which means that's that it. they're manufa- manufacturer trained and authorized to work on all of your Apple products, whether it's covered by Apple Care or whether it's not. They work with you as best they can if it's not covered under apple it's just that you save more money if you have the apple care with it um they're fantastic there you guys at this point if you've been listening you know that i've been there twice now and they helped me out got me essentially a brand new watch which was fantastic nice. was able to fix my phone for me which wasn't under apple care and then that's when they educated me about what apple care was now it is and i saved myself a lot of money if it nice if it breaks again but you could bring it over to them they really put a personal touch back into like tech and i think that's my biggest complaint about needing any type of service everything feels so impersonal and you just don't really feel like you could trust anybody i love serviceware because justin and his family they're so trustworthy Mm -hmm. and you could tell they really care i mean he was messaging me over text message trying to make it as convenient as possible so if you have anything that you need fixed 
head over there. They are not a reseller. They're there strictly just to fix Apple products and I believe mm-hmm. Lenovo products. Lenovo. Yeah. Yep. You're absolutely right. So go down, check out Justin, good people. And the main thing too, like even with all the um, small businesses that we talk about and support on here, it's like, they just really care. They yeah. care. They're invested in the community. They're invested in, and they take pride more importantly into like the service that they provide in how that makes you feel in what you get from their services. Right. Like, I mean, you talk about it in this way and you talk about it in a great light. Yeah. You're like educating people on stuff you didn't know about it before. Yeah. And to me, that is exactly what you need to look for when you're working with a small business. And they're so transparent. And I just like really appreciate that they made everything, like all the options available to me and that they took the effort to try and explain things to me. I didn't feel like I was being a burden to them in their time yep. by calling them and asking them things. So head over to Serviceware. You can find their link on our Instagram. You can find it, I believe, at the bottom of this episode as well. Yep. Yeah. They'll be linked in the show notes. And that's how you do a solid mid-roll ad. Yeah. You <laughs> fucking nailed it. <laughs> so um, I think maybe we should transition a little bit. We were talking about, hey, what are we going to do in this episode? And Savannah and I, I mean, this is something that we always kind of talk about with the podcast, but it's like, what can this discussion that her and I have that hopefully either inspire you guys or you take something away um, and you could like apply it to Mm -hmm. maybe make your life or the lives of people around you a little bit better. Um, So one thing that we've, that Savannah and I have done, this will be, I think the third year, um, two years for sure is we start kind of uh, first reflecting on the year right around Mm -hmm. November, right around mid November and um and sometimes then, even sooner i feel like october yeah i get antsy sometimes and i'm like we're doing this i feel like you and i are the only people that are like excited and antsy about it everybody's <laughs> just like yeah. oh yeah i feel like fall's like the perfect transition and rather than waiting until you get up into the new year mm-hmm. and deciding you know these are the goals or this is what i'm going to do we like to do it now because number one you still have a little bit of runway so if mm-hmm. there's something as you reflect back on the goals or some of the maybe the uh, things that you put out for yourself for last year, you could look back at those and say, hey, wait, there's a couple of these things that I maybe kicked the can down the road that don't need it, that I could still accomplish within this year. Yeah. And then if you could also start positioning yourself to like, hey, how have my goals or priorities changed from what I was looking at last year to what I'm looking at this year and could set some new goals, new priorities, new habits um, that you could hit the ground running with and start the new year with, not wait until it starts, but you already have those habits and you're set in, into place. Yeah. Um, and so basically the framework we would do is we would sit down we have a sheet of paper here. I'm almost debating too. Like, I wonder if anybody would ever want to download that PDF and we could just include it. It doesn't hurt to put it up. Yeah. Okay. So I'll try to remember to get that over to Jeremy. We could probably do that. Yeah. Yeah. Or we could even just post it up on the Instagram after this episode airs and be like, Hey, you guys could have this. Yeah. Screenshot it or download like either way. Or make it your own. Yeah. Make it your own. And so it's just kind of a gentle guide. And there's a couple of things on there. It's like the buckets are like finance, personal. Um, I think we have some business stuff, some relationship yeah. stuff, some spiritual stuff um, that in each kind of bucket, we decide like, hey, what do you want to improve in that bucket or mm-hmm. what goal do you want to set for yourself? And then I think the most important piece that we go over that is missed a lot of times is, OK, now what habit do I either need to stop doing? And mm-hmm. that's probably going to be more important than what you need to to do. But what, what habits do you need to stop doing or do less of that are going to move you closer to the goals that you kind of set for for yourself? Or what new habits do you need to bring in? And um, one of the things that we always like to do is when we look over it, we kind of laugh because a couple of these things that we set in motion or like we put as goals, we look back and we're like, yeah, half of this stuff doesn't even apply <laughs> I don't anymore. even care anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. That's the point of like looking back on them. Totally. I mean, that's why we do the reflection piece. And like early on, it, it was kind of funny because when we put stuff, I remember the first year and it was like you, I and Dylan and stuff going over it. It was like that reflection point was good because mm-hmm. there was a couple things that you looked at and you're like, I don't even, I didn't put much thought to that. Why did I think I yeah. wanted that as a goal? And there's a couple things that you looked at. And it's like, oh, shit, it's been eight months and I still haven't done those. Mm-hmm. Like I need to, to accomplish X, Y, Z. Right. Yeah. So, I mean. I don't know. Or if you haven't accomplished something like it, that says something about either you or it, Mm. either you didn't put the effort in or it really doesn't matter to you because making a list can sometimes be super easy, right? It's like a want list. And so you can come up with so many things, but you have to like reflect back of um, one, you have X amount of time Um, with the time that you do have. Is that really something that you want to spend the time on? Is that like, does that really fit in there? I think for somebody 
and I'll, and I'll just speak like towards myself of like I've always kind of had like a deep hunger towards life and like all the thing like all the opportunities that are there like I've always wanted to do literally fucking everything <laughs> and the problem with that is that you just don't have the time to do everything right. and so what I used to do is I would just kind of um I guess dilute myself because I was trying to do so many different things when really like the better method would say pick three of the things off of that list and then focus all of your energy on there. And then when you accomplish that, you could pull something else from that list and put it back in the place. But the the point is, is to focus. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a hard thing. I think a lot, we make a lot of goals based upon a want list and it, there isn't very much focus to it. Yeah. And I think you're right. Especially like if you're listing out all this stuff that you want to do or these goals, right? Especially like you turn into a want list. And then when you close that thing up and put it away for the year, you just turn it into a wish list. Like, you know, yeah. what I mean? like look at it, like dust it out. Um, and that's, <laughs> like, another I did thing. None of those. <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing that we do is we try to, with that sheet of paper, the reason why we have that is we try to also put that in some place that on some sort of regular basis, whether it be a month, every couple of months, um, you kind of pull it back out and look at your sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. And then if not, when we do it in October, November time, it forces you to do it. And like yeah. I said, you still have a little runway before the end of the year to accomplish a few things, yeah. or you kind of look at like how your um, priorities have changed a little bit. Yeah. Right? And I think taking it out as much as you can is probably good. I think hanging it up is really nice. Somewhere yeah. where you're going to see it often. Sometimes what happens with me in that way is that if I... If it starts becoming part of the background, that's what it is, the background. background. And then I don't engage with it. So finding a way for me where I can engage with it um, is really important. But I one thing that I like about looking at it closer to the end of the year is if I have too much time to do something, I'm like, oh, that's okay. I have time to do that. Uh, Don't worry about that too much. Right. What's nice about doing it come like October is that September, October is that you're like, oh, I do have time, but it's not a lot. So if I'm going to get this done, I really need to fucking get on it right now. You got to prioritize it. Yeah. So like there's something to be said about like spacing of when you like look at goals. And I I like to do it right around this time because it will either give me more focus onto the goals that I really do care about. And then I like push for it towards the rest of the year or I kind of evaluate like, I don't know, like maybe this isn't something that wasn't that important to me and then gets kicked off the list for the next year. Yeah. And I think the second piece about what you said is important for us to think about, because if you look at a list a lot of times and I used to do this and it wasn't until we started doing it as a group and I realized, oh, it's not just me whose priorities have changed. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like then being able to say, it's okay, I'm going to let those go and I'm going to be malleable with kind of what I'm prioritizing based off how things in my life are unfolding. Right. Um, And so that's also something that I think that people should just allow themselves some space with like to change and to be flexible with, with what you're, what you want. And the other piece, and I've kind of harped on this, I always think the two things that are the biggest uh, things that are void out of public school curriculums that would be invaluable in life. Number one is, and this goes to the conversation now, which is being able to cast a vision of yourself into the future. And I don't mean like what you were saying with like a want or a wish list, but like literally, and we kind of spoke, touched on this a little bit last time when we talked about like specifics with around like money and stuff, mm-hmm. um, but get like really specific of like, Hey, what, like, what do you want out of life? And like, how could you, what can you accomplish in this next yeah. year? And where do you see yourself in five or 10 years? Like mm-hmm. what, what does that person look like? What are they doing? What type of habits do they have? What, what, what enriches their life? And the more you could get that vision for yourself down in like crystal clear, you know, high definition. Um, the easier it'll be for those things to unfold and, and materialize in your life. Yeah, because then you start moving with intention. Exactly. You start making like very, yeah, very intentional decisions. Right. Or and your goals are based upon that then. Exactly. And so um, being able to constantly, and the thing is, is that picture is always changing though, mm-hmm. right? Like nobody's ever like, oh, I said X, Y, Z. And then for the next five years, I just wanted to do exactly that. Like things come up, things change, life happens. So being able to be flexible and either add stuff into that vision if need be, or take stuff out or reframe it a little bit around your current priorities is really important. Yeah. And by the way, the second thing, which we won't go into here is um, taxes and finance in the public school curriculums. Yeah. We did talk two, about that. Two recently. most important things. Cause yeah. I just feel like i mean you just don't you don't learn about it you don't (laughs) learn about it it. but outside of the system of school right so you graduate college 
and this was the point that I was trying to make, like as you're going through school, everybody goes, oh, what's your grades like, right? Because that's going to help you get to the next level, whether those are, mm-hmm. you know, AP classes in high school or whether that's from high school to the college mm-hmm. level. What's your grades like? What's your test scores like? You know, how are you functioning within that system? But the one thing that they don't tell you is that once you graduate college, your report card now becomes your financial history. Because if I want to get a car, if I want to buy a house, if I want to start a business, I'm going to go to a bank and I need to get some money or I go to a friend and I get some money. They're going to say, what do your finances look like? Yeah. They're not going to say, hey, what grades did you get in the ninth grade? Because this is a good indicator of if you're going to pay back a loan or not. Yeah. They're going to say, hey, what type of finances have you, you know, what does your financial situation look like over the last few years and how healthy is it? Yeah. Um, and so with that being said, it's like, when you have no financial guidance, that's a staple part of our curriculum. It's and like, the majority of the U.S. population does not. Does not. And yeah. then, of course, now you throw the curveball of access, really, really easy access to debt in the United States, whether yeah. it be a credit card, whether it easy be a loan. Easy access to debt and then very low access to financial literacy. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And so very quickly, um, you know, a situation as an 18 year old with a new credit card and no financial literacy could literally ruin for the rest of your life a a student loan, which we're seeing a ton of with people now. Yeah, It's really scary. It's really sad too. In fact, it's so sad. I don't even want to talk about it. (laughs) That's fine. I'm I'm (laughs) totally comfortable. It's so depressing. Like when you hear people's like stories and yeah. So yeah, but anyhow, that in mind, cast, that, cast, cast that, that vision of yourself. <laughs> no student loan test. Yeah, we won't get into that conversation. But yeah, those are the two two things that I think are like we don't that are really prevalent in our world, but we don't spend a ton of time um, thinking, thinking about, about talking yeah. about. Yeah, especially finance. There's like a, there's really interesting like books and studies about um, shame and the idea mm. of or the role that shame plays in like finance and why we like don't talk about money and how it's like such a taboo um, topic. There's there's some really interesting ones. Actually, in community college, I took um, um because I'm like a humanities major. I took a uh, you could instead of taking a math course, I took a um. I think it was personal finance and small business. And those like two combined it like made up like the math course. So like applicable things. And um, there was a really interesting TED talk that I watched and it was about the relationship and the role that shame plays in finance and why we mm. don't talk about it more and how we actually should be talking about it more and taking shame away from it. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't help anybody to feel awkward or ashamed or embarrassed to talk about finances. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting of how like that, how shame perpetuates like more, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? More bad financial decisions. Yeah. Like more destructive behavior. Yeah. It's really, and which is that's, that's shame in general. Shame will continually perpetuate like more like, um, what was the word that you just used? Um, destructive behavior. And, mm-hmm. that, and that's just like the science behind shame and like how we internalize it. But um, yeah, I mean, get more comfortable talking about money. Like, totally. take, like take a junior college class. It will cost you like $46 a unit or something. Probably like the that. best like, ROI you'll get on your investment there yeah. too. If you really, you know, learn. In the I feel t- like if, that, if that's one piece of advice I can give anybody who's like graduating high school is like take a few classes at your community college before you like go anywhere and do anything. Just like take mm. a few classes because one, it's like, it's such a um, low barrier to entry. Yeah. And you are going to figure out whether you like academia or not through that. Mm. And you're going to be able to learn of like, wait, maybe I don't want to do that. And it's so much easier because like the amount of money is so much less. Yeah. And on top of that, like, even if you find that maybe that structure of college, like, isn't for you, you still have the knowledge of the finance courses you took, right? Yeah, no, it's true. And it's funny too, actually the small business class in that finance course, I still have like all of those, like the professors gave you just like really amazing sheets that were like very helpful and the conversations were great. And I think um, the professors that I had were really behavior focused opposed to oh, yeah. economy in a vacuum. Like totally. they focus on behaviors and like they talked about themselves and like their personal experience, which I thought was great. And everything that they gave was super valuable. Yeah. Relatable. And that was at Las, P- Las Pacillas College. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing around the shame around money is like, there's, I think there's two things that play there. Number one, like, especially in the United States, we place like way too much on like, our self-worth on our income, right? And like, we know a large range of people. We know some people that are not extremely well off that are some of the best human beings to be around, right? And then we know some people that are really rich that are 
fuck pieces of shit human beings right yeah <laughs> like that's true it's like so th- also like unhappy human beings too opposed to like happier human beings and there's people that like fall on both ends of the spectrum but i have friends that just like they don't have like a whole lot but fuck like they're there's some of the happiest people that i know and yeah. like they're just kind of like i don't need those other things and you know i do have other friends that like do have a lot of money and they have everything that they want and like they are very happy but i also know people that do have a lot of money that are extremely unhappy yeah and i mean even though just kind of the situations we talked about they're a little bit anecdotal i think within any experience that you guys have in your life you could say the same thing yeah people on the higher end of the spectrum of of earning you know income and people on the lower end of that and how much their net worth and all that type of stuff it doesn't play a role in ultimately their self-worth their happiness or how they're perceived by other people really the content of their character is going to trump anything besides you know net worth well i think that's and again when we have the thruple episode we were talking about that of like evaluate what's actually important to you don't like take like take a few seconds to sit there and say wait like this thing that i think that i want like do i actually want that and like evaluate inside of like um is that something that i felt like it was because my parents always said that like ask yourself of like yeah well i've always wanted to be a millionaire and be like oh okay like well why where did that come from and Mm. like try and trace that back keep asking yourself why 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 until you get to the source and you may realize of like wait i actually don't want that i think i just internalize that from society or mom and dad or whoever like we just don't always want all the same things i forgot who I was telling the other day, but like recently I'm, I'm busy as shit right now. Like I'm, I'm really busy and I am really tired, but I cannot tell you how happy I actually am though. Like, cause I'm doing something that I actually really cared about that. It wasn't me trying to justify it to anybody else. I wasn't trying to make the, you know, smart decision. I wasn't trying to do these things that I thought I was supposed to do. I just finally asked myself of like, what do you really actually want to do? And then I did it. And I've made sacrifices to be here. Like we moved out of the place that we live and we moved in with our friends so that we can afford to live. Like I've made a lot of sacrifices. And I think from the outside, people would be like, oh, wow, like you must not be happy. And I'm I've actually haven't been this happy in a really long time. And I'm dead tired every day. (laughs) But like, I fucking love it. Like, I'm so happy with my life right now. Yeah. And actually, now that you're kind of talking about it, I'm thinking about it, knowing kind of you from multiple years back to where it is now, you really have continued to create a vision for yourself and go after it, regardless of how that outside perspective might look. Because, and I don't, sorry if you didn't share this from before, but you had a job with a really high income. Like people, I think might forget that as you talk about your journey here. You made a lot of stupid money. You could have just sat into that position and went through it, but you were like, hey, okay, the money's there, check. But outside of that, like I'm not fulfilled and I'm not pursuing what's making me happy. I was fucking miserable. Like I hated that job so much. Like I... Yeah. And it's funny too, because I I think too, you were, and you were on this like early with me too, because at the time I was going to see Grace for like nutrition coaching. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when you and I started getting closer too when I had that first job. And like, Mm -hmm. I just was fucking, I was just so miserable and I was making a lot of money. Like I was able to like pay off like the small debt that I had from when I went to junior college. Like I, like we had so much money, we were going on trips and it was one of those things I was like, man, this one week, two week trip really isn't enough happiness to sustain me the rest of the, the other 50, 50 weeks. weeks of the year. Like <laughs> yeah, it just yeah. really wasn't. And it was weird too. Cause the outside people were like, Oh my God, that's such a great job. You must have so much fun. You travel all the time. I'm like, I'm fucking alone. Yeah. I travel alone. I'm there by myself. Like that's not fun to me being around the person that I chose to marry and spend my life with. Like that's fun with me spending time with him. Like, it wasn't part of, I, and it's one of those things of like, I realized it wasn't part of my value system to like go and do these things with people that I didn't even necessarily really like. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of people that worked for that company that we shared none of the same values. I remember one lady was going on and on about, oh, well, you know, Oprah, my friend. And you're like, oh, like she's just like name casually name dropping Oprah. Oh, savage. A few people that I worked with at the company (laughs) where like, we talked shit about it later and we thought it was really funny because, but again, those like, the few people that I really liked live in Arizona, Colorado, New York. I saw them twice a year. Mm -hmm. That wasn't really enough for me (laughs) to continue to stay at that company. And I was just so unhappy and I didn't understand because I was like, no, like on paper, I should be super happy. I don't understand like what's going on. Like everything in my life is going quote unquote, right? Like what the fuck is wrong? And then that is when I started the journey of 
I think I started to go, I got psychiatric help because it got really, really bad. And then I went and got some like talk therapy help. And then around that time, that's when I started to like join the gym. And then obviously I got help from the gym and it took about a year for me to really kind of like deprogram myself to realize what I did actually want. And then once I realized it, I I quit that job. Mm -hmm. The time sucked because it was COVID and then it was kind of like, oh, thank God we like lost somebody like when we were about to have to keep everybody and they weren't going to be working. So that yeah. sucked for me in that situation. But still, I remember even then, like that was a really hard time, but I still was happier than if I was there. And I've just been slowly making changes and it's taken me a really long time. I graduate in the spring and then I'll probably start another program soon. But like all that sacrifice has been really worth it because I'm still so much happier being like dead broke right now than I ever was having all that money and literally hating my life every yeah. single day of the week. And I think it goes to the point of like to tie it in earlier with the goal setting, what we we're talking about, about you creating a vision, but you didn't really have it in HD. You kind of like were checking all the boxes as you should in life. Yeah. And then you checked the, Hey, good, stable job with a high paying income. I'm married now. Husband has a high paying income job. This is great, but why don't I feel as fulfilled, which, fulfilled, right? Yeah, which is a really fucked feeling when you like get to that like end goal that like you always talk about and then mean like, okay, happiness should be kicking in any second now, <laughs> like mm-hmm. any day now. And then you get there and you're like, oh, it didn't kick in. It's not kicking in. Like this isn't working. Like yeah. what the fuck happened? And to your point before, which kind of validates, not that it need to be validated, but really validates your experience with what you're talking about saying like, hey, spend the time and say, do I do I really want this? Or is this kind of pressure that I'm feeling from like society or yeah. where I should be or these weird external things that I'm placing on myself that I really haven't taken the time to deeply analyze? Yeah. Because once you did, it was like, oh, wait a minute. I need, I'm need. i I'm on the wrong path here. Yeah. And another 10 years of this is going to be terrible for my being and as I opposed myself, to yeah. if I need to. And I hate even using the words like take steps back because I really don't in terms of like, outside of material things or income, I don't feel like you took steps back. I think no. you took massive steps forward. forward yeah. 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 It didn't feel like taking steps back to me at all. No. But it, it was it is one of those things too of like there I spent a lot of time trying to like justify of like leaving the job and stuff like that. And it's because I had so many people telling me like, oh my God, you're so lucky. I love that job. I wish I right. had that job. And you're yep. like, wait, it is okay for other people to want that job and me not want it. Yeah. It's as simple as that of like that just wasn't meant for me. Like I didn't value any of the things that I was doing there. Like I didn't share any of those and that's fine. I mean, I know people who have that job now who are super happy with it. I'm like, fucking good for you. Like, I love that. But right now it it, it is one of those weird things If I'm like, I realize that like on paper, people probably be like, Oh, what the fuck? But for me, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm happy. Like, yeah. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about before we were recording of like, I'm the first student there every single day before every single class. I've been there for at least an hour because yeah. I'm fucking excited. Like, yeah. I'm not fucking around. No, <laughs> I showed up here to be. get an education and participate. I, I called you. I, I said like, oh, early kid, because my buddy uh, Cameron, we used to call him EK because he <laughs> early was kid. early kid because <laughs> he literally was like how you were like, yeah. he was the first one in there. He would like turn the lights on in the classroom. Yeah. Like he would be like set. And he was ready to go. I literally turned the lights on. I unlocked the door. I turned the lights on i get shit set up and i participate in class like my professors are highly valuable like people and i think this also comes from like i just have more focus than some of the younger kids i go to school with for sure of like i know exactly what it is now so like i go in there super juice of like i'm fucking almost there this is exciting well you have and you this is to quote you earlier you have way more intention of what you're yeah. doing there yeah. right like a lot of those kids are probably if they listen to this was like wait a minute maybe i should really think about what I'm doing right now and kind of yeah. process it and really question, you know, my motives and is this what, what really what, what I want in the direction I want to be headed in. And a lot of my peers too, that I'm in classes with, um, like some of them don't even really know like the next steps of like what they can do like after this. And it's come through talking to me and it's surprising to me because I think people just maybe like don't know to do research or there's nobody to tell them. And I think maybe this comes back from like intention of once I like really figured out what I want to do, I started to just like do research myself of like, okay, how do I get there? And then I ask questions because I'm comfortable talking to people. I'm comfortable with kind of putting myself out there. And I think it's because, yeah, I I just like don't care if I look stupid. Like I want the answer more than I want to not look stupid. Yeah. You're internally driven to like figure it out and like continue on your mission. Well, there's like a there's a midterm project that I'm doing with like a group of people that they were like, 
wait, what's an, what's an MFA? And then I explained to them what it is. They're like, oh, well, do you have to do that? And I have like all this information. I was like, I think we should just do our project on this because you guys have all these questions and I have all the answers. Like, let's just get it done with. And it's actually kind of nice to help other people and steer them in a way that will hopefully or give them information that will help them be happier. Yeah. Like potentially for them to like make the decision for themselves. Like maybe this is what I want to do. Maybe it's not like I realize that I come from like a really great position of I have a shit ton of work experience. So I, I now can see what it's like on both sides and I can make to me what is a clear and obvious decision now of what I want. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And so just to kind of recap it, find creative vision for yourself, put down some sort of goals, some sort of habits you're either going to get rid of or you're going to add on. Look back at potentially maybe you had some goals coming into 2023. Look back at them. See how your priorities have changed. You know, really question your your motives and where you're going. Make that vision for yourself crystal clear. HD. And then get after it. Yeah. And don't ever feel the need to justify anything to people or to like explain yourself to somebody. Because that's something that I've learned too and kind of recently of like. Sometimes it's kind of hard to explain to people exactly what you're doing. And I realize for me, it's hard to explain to them why I'm doing certain things I'm doing because I'm doing something that nobody else has done or that very few people have done. And the people who have done what I've done literally live in other states away. So it is very foreign to people. And instead of trying to like uh, really take my time to justify it to them and be like, just stay tuned. You'll see it when I do it. And then it will make sense to you then. Yeah. And on top of that, always keep in mind that anybody who is also achieving and on a mission in life will never tear down your castle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if somebody else is like doing well and they're on their mission and they're aligned with where they're going, nobody's going to stop to start to like question or try to poke holes into what your goals are at all. And there's times that do that where that's constructive, right? Because like when we go into the think take things, like we'll put pressure on each other's goals and be like, well, why do you want to do that? And some clarity. Yeah. Yeah. And and you work it for clarity. So if somebody's doing that with the intent of like clarity or they're truly coming with somewhere to understand, then chances are they're good to share stuff with. But sometimes but people, you'll feel it. You can feel the difference. You'll feel it because sometimes that people might feel a sense of like, oh, I wish I was, I wish I had kind of, for lack of better words, the balls to do what Savannah was doing by really analyze what I'm doing and then changing my path forward when I might not have that in my like deck cards. I might not be in my situation yeah. or something. So it's easier to kind of just poke holes at yours rather than be like, damn, you know what? That's cool. I need to take a piece of that with me and see yeah. how I can apply it to my life. And I think, too, a lot of people will try. And this is something we've talked about before. A lot of people try and project their they don't realize they're doing it. That This is a big, important thing is a lot of people will project their own fears onto you, but they don't always realize when they're doing it. And so mm-hmm. sometimes we start because then it gets scary because somebody's like telling you all these like fear things and starts making you kind of like doubt yourself of like, mm-hmm. don't worry about them. Don't like they don't even first of all, half of them don't realize that they're doing it because that's like a weird natural thing that we do as humans. Yeah. I I don't know where that comes from. It's It's so subconscious. But like, don't don't worry about fears that other people try and project on you. Like, do what you fucking feel like is right. Like, you you know what you want to do. Some like I hope that most people know what they want to do. It just takes a long time to like almost you have to kind of be brave. To like admit to yourself that you want to do something that maybe you know statistically doesn't make a lot of sense, but like you're gonna be so much better off if you commit to the thing that you're most excited and passionate about than trying to force yourself to do something that feels safe. Hmm. Hundred percent. Make the leap. Make the leap. I wonder too. Just thinking offhand, like if we did a um, kind of like a live in person goal setting thing where we kind of did what we did at the yeah. gym, but we just opened it up because I remember when we talked like to like a um, workshop. Yeah. I mean, we talked to a couple of our guests and we've like said that and they're like, oh, di- like, wait, I want to do that. How yeah. do I do that with you guys? So I wonder we if we just opened one. it up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we could do it at CFL. Yeah. It'd be super easy. We just get the whiteboard over there and just be like, hey, any of the listeners want to come out, whether you own a business or whether you don't. Yeah. But we could put a quick little uh, bulletin out to anybody and we're going to most likely do it anyway. So yeah. we could just take, I know Jeremy would be game to do it. If you guys are interested in that, let us know or just kind of stay tuned because yeah, I think like you said, we're going to probably do it, it anyway. So we might as well just have it an open, open door policy. To everybody. Just let people I wonder know. what times would work best for people. Yeah, that's interesting. The gym's nice and big, which is good. And like the weather right now is pretty conducive for being in there. Yeah, because once it gets cold, it's no good. <laughs> once it gets cold, if you go in there, you're going to want to work out. Stay nice yeah, and warm. you're freezing. I remember the first slide tangent here, but I remember the first couple of podcasts that I did for CFL is a podcast centered around the gym. Mm-hmm. I brought members in to like interview them and I did it a couple of times inside the old office. And I remember specifically I had Rachel Bond. She was one of the first because she's actually like... 
her story with her career as she built up, like mm-hmm. raising the two girls and then also being like crazy successful with mm-hmm. the insurance stuff. Like she's got a great story. But Rachel's so great. Anyhow, I was interviewing her and like halfway through, I noticed she's like shaking. Oh, and I was like, are you so good? Are you cold? cold? She's like, I am so cold. And I was like, all right, we'll wrap this up. That's it. Thanks. Like you got about a half hour sitting still in there and you're like, fuck, this it is gets, way too cold. It gets chilly in there. Although yeah. we do have those tiny space heaters, which are great. Yeah. Yeah. They work in the office fine. I yeah. didn't have them back then. That was way early so, days. So maybe sooner than later, <laughs> we'll do it at the gym, but they are fun. And like, it does help like. I, I feel like workshops and like small groups with people just is, is so fucking beneficial. Yeah. And so um, I think let's do it. Let's uh, we'll wait till Jeremy gets back so he could partake in it, obviously. And then let's just come up yeah. with a, a easy time, maybe like yeah. a Thursday, 630 p.m. or something. Yeah. And then we'll just open it up to anybody who wants to come. We'll promote it through our Instagrams and stuff like that. And yeah. then we'll basically do. Casual. Yeah, we'll do a part one. We'll explain kind of the PDF that we've worked off mm-hmm. for the few years. We'll talk about how people could make it their own, personalize it, um, different things that worked for us, what hasn't worked for us. And mm-hmm. then we could just start going through and laying some stuff down. Yeah. Uh, and I think that'd, that'd be fun because you don't necessarily have to go there and like share your goals specifically, but <clears throat> you could find out like a process and kind of yeah. what we've done and then toss around a few things or like question it. And or I think like even people. when it's just like the four of us, we've done things of like whatever you don't want to share when we go around the group, like you don't have to share. You mm-hmm. can like keep that part like private to yourself. You say like one or two things. Totally. And like, yeah. And we just put the categories up there and kind of say like, you know, these are the categories we usually choose goals in and you could do them or do your own or share or not share. And I think it'd be a, a cool little added bonus for people. Yeah. All right, stay tuned. We might end up doing that. Yeah. By the time we probably release this, Jeremy will be... Close to back or back? I think he'll be back. Okay. I'm honestly having like this weird relationship with time lately. I have no idea what time or day. It's already, September's already over. Like as of recording this right now, this is yeah. the last week in September. It just Which really like, like fucked me up because I have like a bunch of due dates in October and I'm thinking, oh, October's a whole month away. And then I was like, oh, that's it's Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Then the last piece, and we could end on this list. You had something else going on. I received a gift from my mother, who's an avid listener of the podcast. Hi, mom. Probably, Hi, on, probably on a walk right now or something. Um, her and my dad got Grace and I a gift card to Range Life for oh, our anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I saw it come through and, and she even specifically wrote, like when I wrote back and like thanked him and stuff, she's like, oh, I hear on the podcast, like you guys haven't got really to go. Your mom really is a yet, good so. listener. She is legit listening. <laughs> yeah, she is. So we got the uh, gift card to Range Life. So Grace and I are super Heck excited. Yeah. We're actually planning to go this week and then nice. just with like Aces and some other stuff popped up. So we're going to get it um, scheduled. Maybe <laughs> next so week. so sad that I say that. But yeah, we're going to put on the calendar. That's okay. Uh, reservations work really well at Range Life, which what, I highly recommend. What days are they open offhand? do you know uh i do know in fact yeah i figured you would (laughs) (laughs) so uh monday nights is chicken night which is really fantastic they um are closed on tuesdays but then i believe might be open on wednesdays and then thursday friday saturday sunday okay cool yeah we were thinking about dinner service um which is from i believe 4 30 to 9 9 or 10 something like that we always go and sit at the bar and it's our favorite because we do you make reservations for the bar Nope. You we just always just show in. up and we kind of get like lucky whenever we're there. Like there's like always like two like spots. I personally love really sitting at the bar, but um, I'm so excited for you guys. Yeah, but I kind of don't want you guys to like go without. Is that weird that no, I want to be there for the first yeah, like, time? Yeah. In fact, Nakoa kept saying um, he's been saying this for like a few weeks now. He was like. I really want to take Grace and Matt to range life. And I was like, don't worry. I was like, Jeremy like wants to do it too. I was just like, it's going to be a thing and it's going to happen. You just have to be patient. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll set aside. I mean, we didn't really have anything special planned with the two of us. So maybe we could time it up. And if not, we'll definitely go twice. Cause I want to experience like with you guys. Cause I feel it's like so it's different when you go with the experience. I feel like goers. at least the first, save the gift card for the second time. Okay. We're all going to go on the first, you know what? Fuck it. We're going tonight. <laughs> go home. Change get dressed. We're going. We're out. Yeah. So I'm pumped for it. So we'll let you know how that uh, experience goes when I get back. I'm also excited because I got one more week of travel coming up mid-October. We're going to live. I'm going to South Carolina. We're going to try to live stream or like broadcast a a local CrossFit competition Hmm. out of a gym. It's a bigger competition. There's some really big named like CrossFit athletes that go there that Mm -hmm. compete at the CrossFit games at the highest level in the sport. Um, And he does a very small kind of uh version of that at his gym okay um and so we're going out there to live stream it uh for the first time it starts on october 13th 
Okay. So I'll be in South Carolina from 12, 13, 14th, and I fly back like that That's Sunday night cool. or Monday morning. Or I wonder what like it's going to look like at that time. I wonder if it's going to be like a true fall day. Oh, interesting. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, you're probably right. There'll probably be a lot of the least. Maybe turn. it depends on like where you're at there. Yeah. I don't know. I would tell you guys where to watch it, but I don't. I'm not sure I how the know. whole thing is <laughs> unfolding right now. Yeah, I mean, it's such a ragtag thing. Like, this is kind of, for those of you guys that don't know, like, to broadcast anything at a crappy level, like any competition or an event or something, probably about five or six years ago would have cost you on the low end, like, 50 to 70 grand to do it, to pull it off. Now you've asked forward to where it is with technology and with a few iPhones and a strong internet connection, we could do it. That's crazy. It's crazy. So we're basically trying to find an in-between of the really expensive equipment and the van and the control room and all that in the iPhones, which we've done the iPhones before. We broadcast with iPhones before and it was sort of successful with the internet. Was, upload speed wasn't as fast as we needed to be to be like good picture. This time we got the internet figured out in technology, even within a year, has advanced to the point to now we could hook ethernet up directly into our iphones what? or an adapter that lets us take us through a, a fancier camera like not as fancy as these ones here but um like a dslr camera and plug Fucking in wild yeah so it'll be an experiment and hopefully it so works stay out stay tuned to matt's social media and you might find something <laughs> maybe there. you'll see it yeah or at yeah. least you'll find like where to watch it yeah but i'm excited because after that i got no more um things at least on the books for right the away. year i got a lot hopefully. coming up for the rest of the year yeah, hopefully which i think i'm feeling okay about Good. Nicole gave me not a hard time, but he was laughing at me. I forgot what it was, but we like drove by and I was just like, oh, I was like, they need a mentor for that thing. He was like, you don't have time. <laughs> don't <laughs> I was just like, yourself. does that also mean I don't have time for the English majors club that I signed up for today? Because <laughs> it's too late. I'm signed up. Um, I was like, listen, I already signed up for the literary magazine and for the club president of the English majors club and you can't do anything about it. It's too late now. <laughs> well, Awesome. Yeah. Shall we land the plane? You got anything else? Nothing else. I, think that's I feel solid. like we yeah. made it through a good hour plus there. On on our own, it's like Dad wasn't even here. Just riffing it. <laughs> we didn't set anything on fire or nothing. <laughs> I was trying to think of like a cool outro song, but now that we're trying to stay to like copy free music, I, I like don't... the I like our intro for our outro played in reverse. <laughs> I know it's got another like minute on the song, so we'll just slowly start yeah. to uh, go out to this song. So thank you again, guys, for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned with us. Jeremy will be back here soon, and he'll be really excited to recap everything that he went through. Uh, again, if you need any type of Apple Care needs, head over to Serviceware. Serviceware. Any last words? No, that's it. This is fun. Yeah. I, I hope people got something out of this. Yeah. If I you mean, did, let us know. Thing. Yeah, please do. And so, we'll get that workshop going. Maybe. Eat local. Drink local. Live local. Be local. Be local. <laughs> All right. We're out. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. Bye.